Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> yeah. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! Did I do a good job? Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm awake now. Wake up! Be healthy and therefore wealthy. <laughs> Peace oh, yeah, and joy of Mother Earth. There's more of our our show. <laughs> this is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And um, I think winter's here. Oh, Actually, I think it's no, this fall. is just fall. <laughs> yeah, fall has fallen. There was a day yesterday where here in southern Illinois it seemed like, uh, oh, maybe summer's coming back. But, but no, <laughs> it's fall. And I like fall, so I'm okay with that. All right, you are listening to Your Community Spirit. We are online at yourcommunityspirit.org. If you would like to send us happenings, thoughts, ideas, and money. <laughs> yep. Fall membership drive is coming up next week. Yep. And so if you would like to stop that from happening, <laughs> send us money now. That's, yeah, yeah. if you pledge idea. now, then it'll just be covered. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Five, four, nine... Uh, Oh, oh, excuse me. Four five, four five seven three six nine one. Oh yeah, you want to talk to us? Um, every once in a while, we like to talk about a good book, and this one's called "The Quest: Energy Security and the Remaking of the Modern World." And this is actually on the top hundred notable books of the New York Times book review. Some yes. A master storyteller as well as a leading energy expert, Daniel continues the riveting story beginning his Pulitzer Prize-winning book, The Prize. In this, the book, The Quest, he shows us how energy is the engine of global political and economic change and conflict. I mean, literally, energy is the world's largest industry. Yeah. It's sort of like energy is what fuels the world. Yeah, it's like good energy, bad energy. Um, we're talking about specifically... It's all about energy, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this book is epic in scope and never more timely. The quest vividly reveals the decisions, technologies, and individuals that are shaping the future. Now. Yes. The future of now. <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> so, I think that's going to be my new slogan. The future of now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You have the power to make the future now. <coughs> Global Noise from Occupy Updates Daily. Global Noise has a political uh, global day of action planned for October 13th. The plans are being laid. People are getting ready. And their website is globalnoise.net. Hmm. And what is just, I mean, a day of action for what? Hmm. Anything? I mean, for me, a day of action is not leaving my house. <laughs> I mean, that's my political message. I'm going to take the day off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, for some people, uh, their day of action could be leaving the house if they don't usually. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see what other news we have from Occupy Updates Daily. We've got a, a lawsuit is being brought against J.P. Morgan, alleging massive fraud. Oh, surely not. Big banks, fraud. Surely not. <laughs> Before your excitement about finally challenging the big bankers gets too big, though, 
Uh, they, they, you can take a look at this article to see why this lawsuit may not be what uh, critics are hoping for. Uh, according to the author, it may all just be a matter of politics. Really? Huh. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, if you sign up for the newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, we can send you the link to the full article. I think you said dot .org. Uh, <laughs> no, dot .org. <laughs> you yeah, can send so it .org, but... What's really behind the J.P. Morgan lawsuit? So, yeah, sometimes, I mean, oftentimes when you do see some sort of criticism of power structures going on, it's just for, it is just for politics. It's, you know, either people within the power structure fighting each other or putting on a good show so that people think it's taken care of. Like, oh, they're looking into J.P. Morgan. Everything's fine now. Or they're having a debate and the American people lose. <laughs> yeah. In Los Angeles, hundreds of occupiers took to the streets to protest and celebrate their one-year anniversary. Some wore masks while others chalked the pavement. A police officer stood by, acting annoyed with what one referred to as, quote, babysitting. <laughs> um, so they, they did a march, and then at the LAPD headquarters, messages were chalked onto the ground, but graffiti was apparently also inked onto statues and walls. And according to the police, someone also defecated near the statue. <laughs> Does that mean the babysitters didn't do a good job? <laughs> yeah, the babysitters didn't change the diapers. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> that's bad. It's like, it's yeah. Like, All right, another news. Uh, here's one. Uh, propaganda is everywhere, but how ingrained is it? Uh, got a, they've got a clip from YouTube that uh, investigates uh, selective reporting on CNN and iCNN. Uh, most recently, the Israeli Prime Minister and the Iranian President both delivered speeches to the UN, but only the Israeli speech was aired in full. Uh, left out of the Iranian speech were his calls for peace and finding another way to restore it. Uh, see, it's, I think it's important to cover that sort of stuff because, you know, regardless of what you think of one speaker or another speaker, when they start selectively showing stuff, uh, you know, when they've got the opportunity to show everything and then they're like, well, we're just going to show this person or we're just going to show parts of that person to present it a certain way. But, I mean, is it news to take out something where someone's talking about doing something, but that's not what they do? Uh -huh. um, so. Well, I mean, then what you do is you have critique, you know, like, well, like, you know, say if, like they're talking about that guy talking about peace if someone who makes war talks about peace that's is news yeah that's news that you 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 put it on there and then you could have commentators say well he might not actually do peace <laughs> but uh you still you show it and then you comment on it that that's how uh news works oh well not that i'm a you know a journalist <laughs> or anything but there are so few these days as construction on the keystone xl pipeline continues workers and supervisors seem to be disobeying more and more federal safety regulations. After accidentally toppling one of their own machines, the construction company consulted with police and actually instructed the police to torture two people who had handcuffed themselves to an excavator. You don't think that's too bad? Federal regulators demand that if a person is standing near your machinery, you must power it down. We actually have a link to a short video where they include um you know well i don't know do you know much about this the oil pipeline where they're trying to pipe oil basically across the united states yeah they're trying to pipe it across the united states and so they've got to go through all these different communities and different natural areas and uh there's, and there's definitely not going to be a leak in that, that <laughs> yeah surely idea? not there's never 
Never would a uh, oil pipeline leak. There's no precedent for that whatsoever. <laughs> Note my sarcasm. Sarcasm sometimes hard to read over the radio. And you, in the video, you'll actually be surprised to see a worker with supervisor standing by not only disobey federal regulations, but actually drop a tree right where an activist was sitting, forcing the activist actually to dodge out of the way. Yeah. So, I mean... That's what happens Isn't when... that technically assault? Yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a crime to intentionally... But I mean, you know, I mean, the activist was trespassing, so it's a crime yeah. on both sides. Yeah, so yeah, then you charge them both with crimes, but they're probably only going to charge the activist with the crime. Even though the uh, uh, the worker did intentionally try to aim a tree towards someone, it sounds like, and I have heard accounts of this at other uh, demonstrations. It, it's a when you have demonstrations like that out at a remote job site, things get very tense because you have people who are very upset because they were planning to work that day and they are not able to work, and then you also have not necessarily any police there right away, you know. So tempers flare and they they start throwing trees at people and turning on machines that are going to kill people. Did you just say throwing trees at people? <laughs> yeah, throwing trees at people. So, what? I've, heard, I've heard stories personally from people I knew of similar stuff happening to them. Huh. So what happens when you strike at Walmart to fight against deplorable working conditions, harassment, and loss of pay? Well, do you get better benefits? I mean, that's what's supposed to happen when you strike, right? You negotiate. Well, the union and, goes on strike, yeah. Yeah, union goes on strike. You negotiate with, with the bosses and come to some agreement. Somehow I don't think that's how Walmart handles it, though. Well, you get arrested, of course. Oh, my. Over a dozen people protesting were arrested at the Walmart Distribution Center in Elmwood, Illinois, by police dressed in riot gear. The striking workers have much support from the community and from unions, but the Walmart spokesperson claims that the only reason unions are supporting them so they can get them organized and take dues from their paycheck. <laughs> it, so, it's um, funny for Walmart to uh, uh, to talk about the profit motive of the unions when, when they're uh, dealing with striking workers. Because what about Walmart's profit motive in exploiting the workers? And the interesting thing is the majority of the people arrested were over 50. <laughs> so the police actually came out in riot gear to yeah. arrest like predominantly over 50-year-old pe- people. I mean, it's just, I guess, anytime there's a protest, the police come out in riot gear now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes them feel um, less human. I mean... <laughs> um, well, more powerful. Yeah. I guess that's more than human. More powerful, more removed from the situation. There you go. So, Now, re- close to us in the gateway to the west, that's St. Louis. Yeah. The mayor announced that the city will be taking drastic measures to curb the recent rise in youth violence. He is instituting a citywide curfew, a citywide <laughs> dress code, and arrest for anyone who violate these or loiter in certain locations. So basically just declared martial law, right? I mean... Yeah. I, this, I mean, this is... I, I mean, I want to... I, on some level, I want to believe this is like an Onion article or something. That, you know, they're not actually doing this in a major city. But uh, uh, apparently the mayor wants to do this. And is doing it. But yeah, the mayor addressed concerns about the Constitution by saying that the recent upswing in violence constitutes probable cause. <laughs> that the extreme measures are justified... And that anyone walking, riding a bicycle, or driving a car will be searched and must have a state ID. <laughs> this is... So, I mean, basically, they don't want people to leave their houses. Yeah. Or, well, if you do, you've got to be, like, 
a business person who is, you know, dressed in a business suit and has your ID and is probably driving somewhere and. <laughs> or it just looks like you're going somewhere. Yeah. I mean, the problem with people walking is people walking tend to not be in a hurry. Yeah. You know, because you're walking. I mean, if you're walking long distance, you know, so it could look like you're loitering literally as the fact that you're just walking, huh? Yeah. Now and again, I will admit I'm not a, a constitutional scholar with a degree in such things, but walking down the street doesn't seem like probable cause to me. <laughs> Simply walking down the street or dressing a certain way doesn't seem like probable cause. <laughs> so anyone walking, riding a bicycle, or driving a car will be searched and must have a state ID. <laughs> it, I mean, they, they don't have to have any probable cause. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it helps that, you know, if they're, if they're targeting this at young people, it, it helps that we have this perception in, uh, in many places that young people don't have any rights. <laughs> so, I mean, and then uh, minors can't be out after a certain time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even if someone is coming home from work, you know, if you're a youth coming home from work or, you know, going out to the store, they just don't want anybody out after a certain time period. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, this seems kind of backwards. It seems like if the youth don't have anything to do, create something for them to do, create yeah. a community center, create youth programs instead of just arresting them. I mean, I mean, all they're doing right now is. They're going to arrest a bunch of people. They're going to go into prison. Yeah, and they're going to learn how to through the court system. Yeah, they're going to learn more stuff how to do things illegal. <laughs> They'll be career criminals then. Yeah, <laughs> and um, most of them are going to get off, so they 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 won't have any um, fear of the law because well they just got arrested and got out. Yeah, so it'll just make them do things you know flaunt the law more because well they got away with it because there wasn't anything illegal in what they were doing. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> so, and you know, and this is not to discount the issue that there is a problem with violence in this and many other cities, but it's it's the old like we talk about it on the national level, like security versus freedom. You know, if uh, you can't just sacrifice your rights and your freedoms in order to get a little bit of security. Well, I mean, this isn't us. This is youth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Other people's rights. You know. We yeah. Can... This is other people's <laughs> rights. It's not going to affect us. <laughs> they'll sacrifice and it's other in people's a different rights. City. It's not even affecting <laughs> us in this city. Yeah. There, there is a long history of sacrificing other people's rights for your own uh, security. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with that history, though. <laughs> All right. Let's see. In other news, uh, after the charges were dropped against the hundreds in Chicago in a park. Uh, multiple articles came out describing what was going on. Uh, now, Mayor Rahm Emanuel is having a bit of a fit. A bit of a fit? <laughs> yes, he says they are appealing the ruling, saying the judge was comparing apples and oranges when he decided the case after concluding that occupiers were arrested, but President Obama's rally attendees were not. The mayor believes the ruling will be reversed. <laughs> so today is the story of wacky mayors. Uh, so it's it's you can selectively pick... It's, again, a form of profiling, you know, like, you know, uh, oh, okay, they're, they're here for Obama, so they must be, you know, nice, orderly, well-organized. These are here to protest the, uh, the status quo, so we've got to immediately arrest them all. <laughs> it's, uh, 
you know, that's, that's part of why we have things like civil rights is so that you don't arrest people based on their beliefs rather than actual actions they're committing. You know, like, oh, well, these people are criticizing the system, so let's just arrest them all. That's not how it's supposed to work. Hey, that means we have to arrest both Obama and Romney because they <laughs> completely criticize the system. Yeah, they the criticize the, the system. So that yeah, means they... we have to arrest them. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't know. They seem kind. Of, they seem kind of angry in that debate. They might be getting a little wild and you know fighting each other. Maybe they might have to uh, preemptively detain them <laughs> indefinitely. <laughs> but so, they a different standard applies to them. <laughs> so in the first debate, it it was everybody proclaims a win for Romney. And I proclaim it a nothing burger for the climate and clean energy. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's uh, – I pre- see, I, pre- I sort of predicted this, but I wasn't sure. I got out a pen, and I said to myself, okay, I'm going to make a check mark every time they mention anything about climate. <laughs> and guess what? I didn't have to use that pen. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> – Nothing. Nothing at all, yeah. Not even a whisper. Now, there was a, a few little sound bites about energy. Yeah. Consider energy is the world's largest industry. You would think they would talked about it a little bit. Yeah. But um, there, yeah, wasn't, w- there wasn't much talking. It seemed nah. like more like let's put each other down and just like basically – I don't think anybody who watched that came away with any hope for the United States at all. <laughs> yeah. It was like a schoolyard throwdown. You know, the moderator wasn't even keeping order. They were just talking over each other. I mean, Romney especially kept interrupting, but they both interrupted. And uh, now, yeah, a few things did jump out of me on energy. Um, well, there was Romney's slightly misleading but close enough attack on Obama for investing ninety billion dollars on wind and solar, and then he did an outrageous lie. He said that fifty percent of those projects had failed, when less than one percent of them had. <laughs> yeah, in a time when. The solar industry across the board has had a lot of bankruptcy because of uh, China influx in products. Yeah. Um, and so that was completely an outrageous lie, and it goes completely and straightly against public opinion. Yeah. I mean, literally, Americans from every party, 9 out of 10 Americans, said we need to install and invest in renewable energy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is... Um, he clearly has his uh, finger on the pulse of the nation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was actually pretty, I don't know, downheartening to yeah. literally listen to that at all. Well, because they hardly even mentioned, you know, like the fossil fuels, like coal and oil and all that. You know, you, as you said, it's, it's such a big industry, you'd think they would at least talk about it, even if they're just going to praise the status quo. Uh, but no, they, they didn't really. They were too busy badmouthing each other yeah to actually give any hope for america yeah that's what well and part like. of it is like they do have three debates and each debate has a different focus but the questions that came up i mean you know jobs you could talk about energy for jobs you could talk about energy for uh you know that it, it there was definitely a place to talk about these things and including climate change you know maybe climate change will come up in one of the other debates but to have an entire debate on national policy uh, now, they're st- focusing on domestic, so maybe it'll come up in the world policy arena. But to have an entire hour and a half talking about national policy and say absolutely nothing about climate change, that to me is insanity. Well, consider Jim Lair got 160,000 petitions mm-hmm. from people saying that they wanted him to include that. Yeah. And that was like in a week and a half. Yeah. 
I mean, um, include at least eight. Well, I guess he didn't include anything in there. So yeah, he didn't. He was didn't. a terrible, horrible moderator. Yeah, he was a bad moderator, and he didn't ask the right questions. Like they, well, he said at the beginning there, like you know. I got, like, the final decision in what to include in these questions. So he could have listened to those petitions and done it, but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess maybe climate change isn't important to some people. Well, it is important to independent voters, and apparently neither of the clients actually looked at the polls and noticed that independent voters, mm -hmm. climate change is a major issue. Yeah. So maybe at the very last minute, one of them is going to come out, you know, and say something for climate change. And then it'll shift all the independent voters to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's going to probably happen. They're going to try to, you know, appeal to everybody and then at the last moment, you know, grab that few last, you know, if, if it's close. Yeah, when they're grasping at straws. Because it might get close if they keep just having similar levels of uh, argument there. <laughs> so, all right, let's get down to business. Yes, let's see what other... Oh, yeah, yeah. News we have these days. Well, Got a lot on the debate if you sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. Um, we actually have a few extra things in the newsletter that's I tr we try to throw in extra stuff just for the newsletter. And one of them is the list of all the Sierra Club hikes for this fall. Oh, they, have, yeah. they have at least, at least three hikes a month, sometimes even as many as five hikes a month. So that's in the newsletter extras. So... I thought I'd throw this one in just for, um, well, just for you, Song. <laughs> yeah. Um, Japanese Collective turns old phone booths into aquariums. Now, what is Superman to do? <laughs> I mean, there's there used to be all these phone booths. Like, when, I mean, if they do a modern Superman... Yeah, he won't change in a phone booth anymore. How is... <laughs> Probably nowadays he'd just go walk around in the costume all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he'd be a real-life superhero. Yeah, he'd be a real-life <laughs> superhero. So. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool that they're actually getting these uh, phone booths and making them into giant goldfish aquariums. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so rather than letting the old phone booths rust and decay, they're actually figuring out ways to seal them, fill them with water, bubblers, and, yes, goldfish. Hmm. <laughs> Now, it's not exactly clear how the fish are fed, but it's really cool to actually see them. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, and they actually leave the phones in there, the, pay, the old pay phones. They're left intact. Uh, so I wonder who the fish may be calling when no one's looking. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, get me out of here. They're not feeding me. They forgot to put a feeding hole in here. And goldfish or koi in Japanese culture are very important symbols, so... You know, people are really liking to see them all over the city, so. Hmm. Yes. All right, let's see. Let's get to some health news here. Uh, I actually uh, just ate an apple recently, so. <laughs> recently? <laughs> yes. Not, just like a week ago? <laughs> yeah, it's within the past week I've eaten an apple. <laughs> just like. So, uh, so I'm getting a little healthy. An apple a day significantly helps the heart, study finds. Uh, few fruits have the same mystique as the apple which is curious given its ubiquitous presence in our times. Now it turns out that Aphrodite's favorite fruit, the edible palm that provided eternal youth for the Norse gods, had a starring role in the Garden of Eden, wreaked havoc for young Snow White, and has become the cult icon for hip tech geeks everywhere, it may also save your heart. In this new study of healthy adults, the simple act of eating an apple a day for four weeks lowered blood levels of oxidized LDL, the bad cholesterol, 
which has been linked to hardening of the arteries. And this decrease was significant, 40% decrease in LDL, just from one apple a day. 40%? Yeah. That quickly? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like, now just if they And it was just like, for four oh, weeks it took, yeah. 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 Amazing. That makes me think, you know, I mean, I had last time I had my cholesterol checked, it's been a year or two, but it was it was very good. But still, it's good to maintain before things get bad, you know. And apples aren't expensive. No, they're pretty inexpensive and they're they pretty delicious. For, they stay good for a long time. So. Yeah, it really does validate that saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. There you go. So. And not just by throwing the apple at the doctor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that wouldn't keep him away if he really cared. <laughs> yeah. So. Bhutan wants... Is that how you pronounce that? Butane. Bhutan. Uh, I think Bhutan. Bhutan. Bhutan wants to be the world's first 100% organic country. Best known for its gross national happiness model, of which, of course, its score is really high, the teeny Himalayan country now wants to be the first nation to go 100% organic. That means that the country will, quote, phase out artificial chemicals in the next 10 years making its staples of wheat and potatoes as well as its fruits 100% organic. The policy will only apply to food grown into the country, so that means that some people will be still buying um, rice coated with chemicals from India, but it is still a pretty lofty goal. And to be fair, their country already is most of the way there. So Hmm. there you go. It's a pretty Hmm. interesting story there. The next story is meet the lake so polluted that spending an hour there will kill you. So <laughs> just like yeah, I think we'll skip that one. Yeah, it's a it's a lake in Russia that it's so tainted by nuclear power facilities that an hour there will actually kill you. Um, and if you want some lakefront property, <laughs> really, 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 really cheap. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So so let's do a quick green tip. Uh, uh, green tip number 10 is uh, build a worm bin. You can let your worms eat your garbage, and they'll reward you by producing rich compost for your garden. And they thrive in a closed container, so the worm bin is much less likely to attract pests than an open bin. Yeah, I mean, you can actually get a bin and just put it underneath your sink yeah. and just toss your compost in there. So, And then the worms eat it. <laughs> yeah, and then you end up with something called dirt. Yep. <laughs> rich, rich, black, gold, otherwise known as dirt. Today is already October 5th. We are celebrating balloons around the world and UN World Teachers Day. Hmm. So. Yes, and coming up uh, we have, uh, let's see, uh, World Smile Day is coming up on uh, Sunday. Uh, also the start of uh, Yom Kippur at sundown. And Sunday is also National Diversity Day. Mm-hmm. Monday is Universal Music Day and also Yom Kippur. Yes, and coming up on uh, Tuesday, the International African Diaspora Day. It's also Leif Erikson Day, uh, the UN uh, World Post Day. And it's the birthday of John Lennon coming up on Tuesday. Wednesday is UN World Mental Health Day. And... Let's see. Thursday is Hunter's Moon and National Coming Out Day and also National Face Your Fears Day. Ah. So, all right, let's get into some community events, regular community events. 
the Carbondale Organic Gardening Initiative, Fun in the Field Fridays. Every Friday in September and October, 2 to 4 p.m., go out uh, Pleasant Hill Road. It's 3373 Pleasant Hill Road. Everyone is welcome. Come meet new friends and take in the fresh fall air. Yes, and we also have coming up the Open Mic Nights. Uh, This week's theme is Teachers in honor of World Teachers Day. Uh, You can share a story about how teachers influenced you or any any song, poetry related to teaching. And non-theme poetry or songs are welcome, too. That's uh, tonight at 6 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Also overlapping at the same time at Guy House Interfaith Center, Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner. This week's theme is, as part of the Hispanic Heritage Month, is the Latin American Student Association is sponsoring this dinner. There will be delicious food from many different countries, discussion of Hispanic Heritage Month, and a Latin American Student Association party and salsa dancing after dinner. You know what fast food is, right? Well, the slow food dinner is cooking and eating and cooking and, well, I forgot. What was the other one? (laughs) Eating. (laughs) Yes. All right. All right. Coming up on Wednesdays, we have uh, Yoga Basics for Women over at uh, Guy House Interfaith Center every Wednesday at 9 a.m. And uh, beginners are welcome to that. Some regular uh, community events in the um, International Coffee Hour, Fridays from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Northwex Annex Building B, mixed with people from all over the world. So, Yes, we also have Habitat for Humanity uh, coming up on Saturday. At, uh, they're working at 2035 Hortense Street in Murfreesboro. Wear shoes and clothes that are appropriate for a construction site. They start at 8 a.m. and work until noon. And even though it's starting to cool off, the farmer's market will be out on the west side of town from Saturdays and 8 until noon until the end of November. (laughs) Get your veggies. Veggies. Get your apples. (laughs) Yeah, your apple a day. So if you buy seven apples there, you'll have a week's worth and you can make it to the next step. Yeah, well, you could buy, like, apples stay good for months if you individually wrap them. (laughs) So if you get some newspaper and individually wrap them, they will stay, you know, for months, I mean, oh. until January or February. So if you get yourself a bushel of apples. Yeah, you can so. plan ahead and have a whole healthy winter. Uh, we also have uh, the Vigil for Peace coming up on Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. Have you ever been to the Carbondale Downtown Art and Wine Fair? Um, twice a year, and this Saturday is the October version. This is Southern Illinois' hippest art and wine fair. Um, This event is held this Saturday from 3 to 9 p.m. Feel free to come and visit and taste regional wine, quality art, and, of course, music on the solar-powered stage. Mm. Yes, okay, let's see. Other happenings we have. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, The the Oracle of Delphi. This is actually an interesting mix of cultural studies and uh, geology studies. Uh, For thousands of years, historians have been intrigued by the story of the Oracle of Delphi. The Oracle had the power to enter into communication with Apollo and deliver his prophecies. uh, But questions are arising as to what was the true nature of the Oracle and where the visions came from. And there's an interesting story behind that. Uh, Presenter Susan Pinter is the geoscience educator and lecturer in the geology department at SIU. So this event is going to be uh, at 217 East Main Street uh, on next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. 
and it's free and open to the public. Also next Thursday at 7.30, special guest speaker at Gaia House, Doug Allen on nonviolence. Doug Allen, professor of philosophy at the University of Maine and former SIUC professor, will be speaking at Guy House on the role of nonviolent action in bringing about social and political change. Again, that is next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. at the Guy House, 913 South Illinois Avenue. Yes. Well, hopefully we'll see you again on the radio next week. <laughs> Any other ideas? Oh, uh, yeah, next week on the radio, radio. it's uh, starting to get cool out there, so stay warm, but enjoy the, the cool, refreshing weather. And there's lots of wonderful things going on, so hopefully we'll see you out there in 3D reality and also next week on the radio.